0: Hi, everyone. I'm NerdBomber. And I'm Tectic, And we're two of the hosts of the Online Warriors
1: podcast.
0: Our podcast started as a way for three best friends to keep in touch and discuss their nerdy hobbies like movies, gaming, tech, and more.
1: Since then, we've grown into a great community.
0: Every Wednesday, we chat about the latest nerdy news before getting hands-on with our weekly nerdy adventures. And don't forget our high-stakes trivia game. Come join the fun at OnlineWarriorsPodcast.com and every major podcast platform. And now... Back to Collateral Cinema. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas from the Director's Cut. Tonight, on a special holiday edition, we're talking about Adult Swim holiday specials. So stick around, everybody. The holiday fun starts right now. (laughs) ¶¶ Welcome to Collateral Cinema Director's Cut. I'm Beau Maddox. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. And we are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas. And yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it, especially if you've got those Christmas buds, right? Hell yes. Hell yeah. We got some Christmas buds here as well, those nice little Christmas trees and everything. And we are diving into one of the... One of the better uh, stoner uh, accompaniments that you can, you know, do while smoking. You know, which is of That's course right. watching some Adult Swim.
1: Fuck yes.
0: Now we have previously done a uh, special on Adult Swim. We did a twenty-year retrospective.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was I, a lot I, of fun. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I, I, as as promised, we said that we were going to do more Adult Swim-related content. So. What better way than to talk about their holiday episodes, and the holidays and Christmas time in particular? It's an interesting time on Adult Swim. They've they've pretty much done uh, holiday specials like pretty much since the
1: beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since the uh, very early uh, Adult Swim shows and episodes, for sure. Yeah,
0: hell, in the first season of. Uh, Aquatine Hunger Force even.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we we watched uh four uh Aqua Teen Hunger Force Christmas specials yep. before doing this podcast.
0: And I think they might have more, but we're going to save that for next year. Well, I mean, we we got to talk about the the rest of them. Sure. You know? But yeah. we're going to talk about at least the first four. And also I mean, they used to do all kinds of different themes during the holidays and everything. Like, I remember w- one time they actually had MF Doom, the the, the master himself. You know, you, you know when you use all caps, when you spell the man's name, you use all caps. Okay. That, that's what you do. And that, that was recently found, actually. I think it was lost for a few years, but they found that recently. They done uh, one called Christmas in December, which they pretty much just had uh, infomercial type or like uh like home shopping network type uh interludes where they would sell a lot of their merchandise and their mm. DVDs and everything, you know? And, you know, the the holiday bumpers are also very interesting around that time. You know, like like they have like really nice, almost like liminal uh snowscapes and whatnot with good ambient uh music and whatnot. mm mm-hmm. It was all all kinds of fun, man, and it it brings back a lot of memories around Christmas time, and especially on Christmas Eve. You know, well, I mean, I was accustomed to staying up late and watching Adult Swim, anyways. So, and, and they would have a lineup of all their holiday episodes up to that point. Nice. So, in that spirit, we're going to talk at, about at least a few of the more classic uh, Christmas and holiday episodes that was aired on Adult Swim. Now, we're not going to get into the syndicated episodes all that much. We're we're going to save that for its own um, episode next season. So, yeah, look for that next year. This is going to be like a recurring series pretty much every Christmas. Mm. So I guess we'll go ahead and just get into it. You know, I mean... We didn't do like a ranked uh list here or anything. We just we decided to talk about uh, at least six uh shows that had uh some of the multiple episodes. Or at least Aquatine Hunger Force has multiple Christmas episodes. We decided not to do Robot Chicken because that would pretty much take a uh that would be a holiday episode on its own. I mean, they've done a lot of those. Like it's practically a yearly tradition now. So Yeah,
1: for sure. I could see that.
0: So yeah, we're we're gonna save Robot Chicken and I guess uh, without further ado, let's get into the first four Aqua Teen Hunger Force Christmas episodes. Now, the first one, of course, is one of the all-time classic adult swim episodes, period. It pretty much like set the standard for what uh, holiday episodes uh, would be on the platform moving on, mm-hmm. you know? And, of course, in that one, we are introduced to the cybernetic ghosts of Christmas past from the future, which is one <laughs> of the most hilarious characters that has ever been committed to television. Oh,
1: uh, man, the robot is great. He is. He's He's like this weird kind of histrionic,
0: like, just... To making up bullshit, you just left start and finding right? all these
1: little inconsistencies in his stories.
0: Yeah, as he goes along, he becomes more and more <laughs> and more inconsistent, and you're just like, where where is he going with all of this?
1: Right, right. Like, what is his aim here? What is <laughs> what does he get out of this?
0: But it's just this long convoluted story, and it's all to tell Carl that he's uh, on an elf graveyard, and he's. Um, he's uh, going to have to deal with elf blood in his water lines and in his pool and everything.
1: I like how this is the first Christmas episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and they just completely go off the rails with it. I think early on they acknowledge it's not even Christmas. No, it's,
0: it's February canonically uh, in this <laughs> show, in, in, in this uh, particular episode. It, it's actually February, and this this cybernetic ghost of christmas past from the future he i mean even his role in in the world is kind of wonky it's like Mm -hmm. christmas past from the future like and and the story that he tells about you know how christmas was once you know these very primitive like you know ape creatures with crinkly hands Mm -hmm. and you know and santa ape was like the alpha and like just terrorized them every christmas Right, (laughs) and then elves came. Elves come from space. Space elves, and 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 it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, it's kind of like Scientology. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) very much so,
0: like Scientology. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, man. It's it. What's great is that uh, he became a recurring character, and there's even a Thanksgiving episode that they did where they reprised the character, but he was a turkey. Mm. And and they actually kind of linked that episode to the cybernetic ghost of Christmas past from the future episode here, but I mean this one just gives me—it's just so classic. It gives mm. me like warm fuzzy feelings when I watch it. It's yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's comforting. I, I've I've watched this episode many times, and yeah, I it, get it.
0: It's just a Christmas staple, you know. It, it it's a staple on like in the normal rotation on an Adult Swim. It's a staple but especially around the holidays. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a must-watch. And so is Mail Order Bride.
1: Mail Order Bride.
0: Now, this episode is just <laughs> kind of skeevy in a way because, I mean, it's also the first one to actually take place in Christmas properly. But here, Carl and Master Shake they decide to buy themselves a mail order Chechen bride,
1: and Carl, don't refer to her as a babe, please. She is a Chechenian prostitute, and you will address her as such. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, <laughs> this has some of the more classic lines in the show. On and uh, the uh, the girl that they get, the is just a, obviously a Slavic lady. You know, they. It's like she just she just speaks to Chechen the entire time. Yep, like she and. Uh, and she holds herself up in Carl's house, and 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 they can't get her out of there.
1: Yep, yep. No, she just fucking takes up the house and, <laughs> and kicks <laughs> Carl out, locks him out. Like. It's because,
0: well, rightly so. She's fucking mortified by what she sees. Like, she even drops her luggage. She's I like, mean,
1: what the fuck would you think when you saw that you were going to be co-married to, or married to, co-husbands, uh, you know, and one that's bald and ugly, and, and, uh, and, and, and a fucking cup, and a cup, a, a, a literal, like, anthropomorphic shake.
0: <laughs> that is like horrifying, right? honestly. I would be fucking horrified by that. Like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens in Aqua that's mortifying, but this, especially, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, they go through with the marriage, and she just bails out on them.
1: Yup, <laughs>
0: but there's some there's some little touches in that episode that I like. Like, I, if you notice the uh, on the on the wall in the in the uh, Aquatine's house, oh, they have a uh, it's a deer reindeer head that's uh, Rudolph, you know, and it uh, goes ho ho ho. Yeah. And if you watch it closely, it eventually gets burned and it's irreparable, and then it just starts go ho 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 over and over and over again. <laughs> Like, that's kind of what was always cool about uh, Aqua Teen is that, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that's going on in the background. Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of interesting little details, especially in the later episodes. But here, this is also part of season two, which I think is among the best seasons of Aqua Teen, period. Yeah. Yeah. But most of it is uh, part of the uh, second volume DVD, I believe. Mm. Which is where I first saw this episode, actually. But I mean I you, you gotta love near the end, you know, just that final insult to injury to Carl is like Meatwat just gives him a stick. And he's just like, Oh, <laughs> good. And then this, the episode just ends. Yes. <laughs> but I don't know, it's it's a another true classic. I mm. mean, you gotta really you got to really appreciate how they went with a, such an absurd situation and just ran with it.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, you know, it, it's a, it's it's a lot of fun and I think it kind of uh epitomizes the series in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, as does T-shirt of the Living Dead, which mm. is another Christmas episode of theirs that doesn't actually take pa- place that doesn't actually take place on Christmas. It's, uh, it's actually in the middle of July at this point, And it starts off in an Egyptian exhibit at a, uh, at a museum. And they see the T-shirt of the dead and Sheikh steals it. And then Meatwad shrinks it in the fucking laundry. Uh-huh. So he's the one who ends up uh, getting to wear the T-shirt of the damned. And chaos ensues, needless to say. He summons Easter bunnies. He summons Santa. Mm-hmm. And then the the giant Easter egg, Easter egg Godzilla monsters. Right. He, he makes fucking Easter egg kaiju that fucking just smashes <laughs> Fuck smashes yes. Carl's house. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's it's the best thing ever. <clears throat> and the Easter bunnies are hilarious. It's like I'm the Easter bunny. It's just so fucking great. But Santa, oh, Santa gets fucked though. Mm-hmm. It's actually really sad how bad Santa gets fucked.
1: Santa gets fucked in more than one of these episodes we're going to be talking about today. He,
0: he does <laughs> seriously, and yeah, he gets completely burnt to a crisp by the uh, Exzilla and everything, and he he's a he's a crispy uh, skeletal figure in, in, in the end, and, and and the elves have to like give him a skin graft of soccer ball leather Jesus. which is just that's, like oh right. <laughs> that's so humiliating
1: oh Jesus
0: like I mean poor Santa and and he wasn't even supposed to be like anywhere but the North Pole it, w- it was the middle of fucking July
1: yeah that's that tracks right
0: <laughs> yeah but of course you know meatwad his I mean, that T-shirt just goes straight to his head, and he goes mad with power.
1: Yeah, I like how the whole episode kind of revolves around this fucking T-shirt.
0: Yeah, it's it's like a T-shirt owned by a pharaoh or something like that, or some Egyptian god uh-huh. or whatever. And, of, of course, this being the world of Aquatine, it does bestow those types of powers on somebody. So, like... And Meatwad is known to be easily corruptible. That that's a central part of his character. Yeah, you can absolutely corrupt uh, Meatwad into doing anything. I mean, the Moonanites Nights do it several times to him. Right, like almost exactly. every time that they that they encounter him. Mm-hmm. Hell, we're watching an episode. The episode with the condom monster. Like he pretty much like makes them. Forces him to murder and kill, to murder and rob and (laughs) mutilate. It's Mm -hmm. like it was a condom monster, you know? But Meatwad is so easy to move towards that type of uh, behavior. Like, it's kind of scary. It's what's actually really frightening about him.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a consistent element of Meatwad's character for sure. Yeah is that you know like i'm trying to think There was another episode that he was corrupted well there's several i'm just there's, there's a
0: few most of the moon and most of the moon knight episodes i think he's i'm corrupted. mainly
1: thinking of the moon knight ones yeah
0: hell the very first one they uh get him to shoplift and then ditch ditch him and he gets arrested so uh-huh. so yeah he's he's very easy to and very very credulous very credulous you right. know about everything but, yeah, I mean, he eventually, being that he has the T-shirt of the dead, he has to be the one to uh, pick up Santa's uh, role in everything. Mm-hmm. And gives, uh, gives Jimmy a wooden brain. It's like, God damn it, man. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> but next up is what I think is actually probably the more the more well-fleshed out Christmas episode that Aqua Teen did and that's a P.E. Christmas it's like and and that's when uh, Master Shake he steals the identity of Flavor Flav and Chuck D or Terminator X from Public Enemy Mm -hmm. and they decide to make a Christmas rap album (laughs) and oh my (laughs) god first of all Dana (laughs) Snyder's uh, performance as Master Shake is always good but his rapping here is just the best it's the funniest part of all this honestly It's actually kind of (laughs) good. It's really, it really is good. You know, it actually even fits the beat that he's uh, recording to, kind of. Yeah, like which is surprising.
1: You know. Hey, Bo. Wicked City.
0: Oh, Wicked City. Oh shit.
1: Yeah, Wicked City. The pinball machine. Oh
0: no. Yeah, we're watching the. We got the pinball episode of Aqua Teen on now.
1: Yeah, actually, we, right before recording this, the last thing we watched was uh, P.E. Christmas. So we're actually, we've got the rest of the episodes after that from that point on. Yeah, just yeah, they're playing in the background.
0: Yeah, they're running now, you know, just as we do. But yeah,
1: yeah P.E. Christmas was actually the last thing we watched right before we recorded this. So it.
0: Exactly. Yeah, we watched that and it has Chuck D in it. Actually, Chuck D makes an appearance near the end, and he has space eels that apparently- Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they're, yeah, there's space eels in this fucking- That,
1: that come out of Master <laughs> Shake's ass. Oh, yeah, he's
0: like shitting out
1: eels. Don't let them come near Uranus. <laughs> oh, no,
0: no. It's, uh, apparently, Chuck D likes to have space eels as, uh, as a pet. Apparently, they make great pets or something. Yeah, I mean, apparently. don't ask me. Don't ask me how. It's like I and, and he has to keep him out in like a, a giant cargo, uh, like cargo uh, thing, and it's just like what the fuck,
1: right? <laughs>
0: but I mean, Aquatine is known for doing that for being weird like that. It's always known for weird, absurdist humor. Yeah, very so, non sequitur. Yeah, so it tracks. Right, but I mean. It's hilarious, you know, when he actually goes and he has to shit out the fucking eels at first because he does that right over... Uh,
1: Meatwad's... Meatwad's uh, seeing
0: an admittedly beautiful version of Silent Night.
1: Yeah, very, yeah, it's actually pretty good. And then, very and then heartfelt. you just hear uh, Shake's fucking violent diarrhea. Yeah, he's just, just
0: bombing out the fucking, re- the fucking restroom. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves a big old pile of them. <laughs> for for everybody for christmas it's gross you know not not the grossest thing he's done on the- on the show, but still,
1: yeah definitely not but,
0: <laughs> but yeah aqua- aquatine hunger forces always had really consistently good uh, Christmas specials, you know, and Yo. I think there might be another couple that they did you know because i mean Aqu- aqua hunger force has quite a few seasons it had yeah. almost like seven or eight seasons or something like that
1: yeah it went on for a while and you know you can always count on the uh it, it, on a, an aqua christmas episode to be exactly what you'd expect from an aqua hunger force christmas episode but at the same time just like like in doing so by being unexpected <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly you know i mean like for
0: instance you know the whole stories that uh cybernetic ghost comes up with
1: right you know but that really set the precedent i think it you know? did <laughs> and like i said
0: it set the standard for all other adult swim christmas specials like
1: sometimes they're not even on christmas like
0: <laughs> yeah like for instance, uh, the next series we're getting into is the original Christmas episode from Squidbillies, Rebel Without a Clause. and this is where Early and Rusty, the Kylers, they decide to trick Santa into landing in Dougal County, and they take him hostage. and his, And their ransom is quite quite appalling, but you know, very on point for Early if you're if you're aware of. His character, he's voiced, of course, by Unknown Henson, you know.
1: Okay, so but. I haven't watched very much Squidbillies. I may have watched a couple episodes with you in the past. Yeah. The characters seemed familiar, but I, you know, I was kind of going into this fresh, like... And then I, I got a sense for, I think, I guess, the, the characters. And, uh, you know, it's just... This one, yeah, yeah, this is the the other one that I was thinking of when I mentioned that Santa gets fucked up. I mean, he gets
0: <laughs> fucked oh, up. Oh, man, they torture him, man. They... They use a rusty fish scaler to rip his beard off. I mean, they beat the shit out of him. They mm-hmm. they they wallop. They pretty much pull a misery on his uh, fucking uh, leg mm-hmm. and everything with a baseball bat. And and of course, he they slaughter his entire eight cadre of reindeer and everything.
1: Yep. <laughs> How did you feel about
0: that, Bo? Oh, I, I it was so sad and, and <laughs> also disgusting. Like like when the sheriff shows up. Like I mean he just starts eating the damn thing because apparently they smoked him. So like, is oh, yeah, he always yeah, so
1: st- oblivious? Is that like his character? That's
0: totally his character. That's he's, fucking awesome. He's and, and, completely oblivious <laughs> and also kind of friends with Early in a way.
1: Right. <laughs> all cops are bastards. All
0: cops are bastards, but especially the sheriff. And, and that's his name. He's just Sheriff. <laughs> that's it? That, that's all it is in, in the show. Hilarious. Yeah, but yeah, he is that oblivious and here he is just classic Sheriff. I mean... All of the evidence is there right in front of him like he should be able to put all of this together but he just goes on his merry way when he's distracted by some smoked meat. <laughs> and then he be, he comes
1: to him at the last second and he just keeps eating <laughs> yeah, after running Santa over. After running Santa over so like <laughs> after all of that it's like not even clear if Santa is alive. I mean he got hit by a car after all that shit. Yeah, it's
0: not even clear what happened to Santa after that but what what in what ensues is uh, the elves attempt to rescue Santa. They they attempt to do their own uh clandestine action and they send in the uh the Silver Knights I believe they are. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, he has a special force of uh elves who come to uh, save him. I guess uh, I, I guess that this sort of thing has happened enough that they need an elite squad of, you know, of warriors elves or something, you know. Right. Yeah. And they get fucked in their own right. Like there's a scene where they try to lull early and Rusty out by singing, uh, singing a Christmas carol with a nativity scene and everything. Right. And then they-, <laughs> they get ripped apart by a bunch of pit bulls. It, it's it's immaculate, nice and gory, but it, it totally tracks for that, that. That was very typical of Adult Swim at that time. Right. Lots of really bloody, gory, violent humor.
1: Yeah. No, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, you like I said, I haven't had much exposure to Squidbillies, but uh, just that uh, Christmas special really kind of gave me a feel for it. I, def- I definitely want to check more of it out. Uh, I think that goes for everything that we watched this this uh, yeah, episode.
0: I, I actually introduced you to quite a few, uh, qu- quite a few uh, shows here, actually, mm. right? Yeah, stuff that we haven't really gotten into. Like, this show, I mean, Squidbillies is an all-time classic. I'm a seasoned Squidbillies veteran. I've watched that show ever since it first came out. So, I mean, that to me is, like, their quintessential... It's absolutely their quintessential episode, I think. Like, it, it... just encapsulates everything that Squidbillies is and I and mean, yeah i mean like you said you pretty much got the uh, gist of what the show is about like yeah. pretty easily from this
1: yeah yeah i i think you can um it's kind of like uh, aquatine in that way actually cuz aquatine it's like you can watch any episode and get a feeling for what it's like exactly <laughs> any of the christmas episodes we mentioned are like you know indicative of it and, and i felt like like squidbillies was like that yeah i mean i haven't watched any of whole lot else but it's like it's it's abs- it's absurd enough, but also like the characters are written in such a way that it, it's it's very easy to kind of get a grasp for yeah. it. And, and, and
0: see, you haven't even been introduced to like most all of the characters. There's a ton of other characters that are recurring that
1: mm-hmm.
0: also have some interesting uh, traits to them and everything and whatnot. So nice, yeah. But, yeah, Squidbillies, Rebel Without a Clause. I mean, that's just a, uh episode that is very near and dear to me. I think
1: me. it was Rebel With a Clause. Rebel With... Yeah. Yeah,
0: Rebel... No, it's Rebel Without a Clause, I think. Well,
1: that's what you have written down, but when you looked it up on no, HBO I have, Max... I
0: have, I don't know. It's Rebel With a Clause or something. I don't know. <laughs> but next up is another... Uh, it's a show that I am so sad that... Uh, Cartoon Network kind of let fall by the wayside because at one point this was pretty much the Rick and Morty of its era yeah it's it it had that level of hype to it just maybe with a less cringy fan base and it's very much a love letter to old school Hanna-Barbera action uh, superhero uh, cartoons and that's the Venture Brothers and their their episode is uh, a very Venture Christmas and it's actually one of their most nonsensical episodes, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of got an inception plot going on. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. First, you, you get a dream sequence with a lot of weird Christmas tropes to it.
1: Yeah. So, this is another one that I haven't seen, but it. it, it- regularly pops up in my feed like when we're watching adult swim or or if i'm watching anything adult swim it's like venture brothers always seems to kind of pop its way and i've always made a mental note of it don't
0: don't fucking sleep on venture brothers man it yeah is, no i liked it yeah like
1: it said, is, I, I can see what you mean by like rick and morty you know yeah it kind of has
0: that really reverential uh, uh, referential i should say it has that really referential kind of humor that rick and morty excels at you know I mean, Doc Hammer and Jackson Public, I mean, they they really just kind of put all of their influences together and just made a love letter to comics, to superheroes, to uh, to like any type of spy media, mm. whatever, and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I can see that. You and know,
0: mad scientists and everything.
1: Right, right? You know, like Kim Possible or something. <laughs>
0: yeah, kind of sort of like Kim Possible. A yeah, like bit.
1: an adult Kim Possible. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I, I actually really enjoyed it. I, I, I really want to check out more of that one. Uh, and Patrick Warburton, I didn't know that he was, he yeah. was in this. I recognize his voice instantly. I mean, Brock, that's fucking Kronk.
0: Brock fucking Samson is one of his cl- classic fucking characters, dude. Yeah. Like, along with Joe Swanson and Kronk. Like, it, it's like essential fucking shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and he he plays their bodyguard. He's He's like the big-time murder machine, you know? At what point he's called a Swedish murder machine. But anyway, uh, in this episode, they uh, have a Christmas party. And if you look in the background, there's a lot of characters that up to that point have appeared in the, uh, in the show. Uh, like, I mean, there's a Mandalay is there. Uh, Billy Quizboy is like, and, uh, and Mr. White, they're all there and everything. Like, Triana Morpheus. Like, I, I, Ash, what do you think of Dr. Orpheus? Who is like he's an obvious Doctor Strange? X P.
1: Oh yeah, no, I noticed that right away. Actually, during that uh, first or second dream sequence, I was like, "This guy looks kind of like Doctor Strange." Like, I, I just kind of that's that's immediately what I associated him with. So it's it's funny that that you that you bring that up because that was actually the the uh, inference that my mind made.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's great about him is that he's kind of a more cucked version of, uh, of Doctor Strange, you know? He's Doctor
1: Strange is, is a cuck, though.
0: Oh, he is, yeah, that, so that tracks, I guess, but <laughs> he's also a... Uh,
1: Multiverse of Madness, anyway, right?
0: But he's also a total, uh, he, he's a dad, you know, his daughter is Triana Orpheus, mm. the goth girl.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's got
0: a big-titty goth daughter, what do you think of that,
1: Ash? Hell yeah,
0: <laughs> fuck yeah! But by the way, Dean Venture totally has a crush on. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, that that that's a plot point in the series. Um, and after a little while, as the Christmas party goes on, uh, Hank and Dean, I guess they're trying to listen to some kind of weird Christmas uh, story time thing. That's obviously like one nine hundred number, so it's like. Wow, it's like, I mean, if, you, if you're like my age, you probably remember those types of, uh, of numbers. You mm-hmm. know, like you'd call them up and you'd hear this, uh, like you, you, you would hear like a story or you would uh, call up and talk to a character or something, and it, it would be exorbitant. You know, it would cost exorbitant amounts.
1: Jesus. You know? Capitalism.
0: Capitalism, exactly. <laughs> and uh, they get bored and they read out of uh, Dr. Orpheus's spell book. And they summon the Krampus. The Krampus! It's like now, Krampus is kind of taking off as a pop culture icon around Christmas, but... Back in this day, not so much. I mean, people were really starting to kind
1: of... Well, this is like 2004,
0: right? Yeah, they, yeah, but that was around the time where people were really starting to kind of talk about Krampus and popular culture a little more often. Okay. You know, yeah. like you were starting to see them in a lot of Christmas specials like this. I mean, even eventually, American Dad did a Christmas special with Krampus. So that's kind of how far, you know, making him a mainstay of uh, Christmas pop culture has come. Yeah,
1: that's fucking awesome. Re- reject tradition, embrace modernity. Embrace modernity, exactly. <laughs> reject Santa Claus. Embrace the Krampus.
0: Embrace the fucking Krampus. To the point that now I'm starting to see like a uh, sexy lady Krampus uh, pinups. Oh, like, no. Yeah, not not. It's, it's, they're like uh, done in the classic pinup style, you know, like those devil, devil Girls. I don't know if you've seen those before. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, you're starting to see Krampus like that. And, of course, you have the Krampus uh, horror movie, which is pretty much like another Christmas right. uh, movie that we're going to have to get into on the podcast.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: But, yeah, back then, I mean, Krampus was really kind of just barely poking the uh, the pop culture bubble. When it comes to Christmas.
1: I I like how they're like, you know, uh, Santa Claus has been dead since 19. Yeah, that's
0: that's something that's cool about Dr. Orpheus is that he exists in a world that much like uh, Dr. Strange that exists, you know, according to its own rules and has its own clandestine things that have happened that they try to keep out of the public eye. Yeah,
1: I mean? and so, like, Santa Claus and Krampus actually have existed.
0: Yeah, and apparently, uh, yeah, Santa Claus was killed by a fighter jet in 1963, which is believable. That's height of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, that's 100% believable that that would happen. But then, like, having the Pope actually cast the Krampus away and during the Vatican II, it's like, right. what
1: the fuck? fight and they released it from its imprisonment right
0: yeah all because they wanted to hear a christmas story well you got you got a hell of a christmas story right there yeah (laughs) (laughs) and of course he whips the shit out of dr venture because dr venture is an ass
1: right of course
0: yeah but it turns out that that is a dream as well
1: yeah, so that's all a dream. <laughs>
0: yeah, it turns out that, that it was Dr. Venture. He was dreaming once again, and he wakes up. The uh, The X-1 is crashed, and it turns out they just totally crashed into the Church of the Nativity in uh, Israel slash Palestine. It's like, and, and, and Brock is just like, it's like, hey, if the Israelis show up, I know some people in the Mossad, so I might be able to we talk our way out of this but if the plo PLO shows shows up up, (laughs) it's like yeah he's my arabic is a little uh shaky (laughs) so yeah that's how that episode ends now ashley just in general what did you think of uh, the venture brothers and uh, was this a good intro to them
1: oh yeah no no, it was great uh i feel like i'm missing a lot of context so i don't know if it's actually a good intro but it definitely made me interested in the show, and maybe want to want to check it out. I mean, it's one of the ones that kind of stood out that I was like, yeah, yeah, you, no, I really want to check this out. You right.
0: absolutely need to check out, check it out all the way from the first episode. Like, yeah, like, seriously, it's good stuff.
1: Right, right, and so and it's
0: essential viewing if you're getting into Adult Swim's uh, work. Patrick
1: you know? Warburton was a warm welcome. Uh, that I wasn't expecting and I don't know the characters of like Dr. Venture, uh Dr. Orpheus, uh the arch nemesis, uh
0: the monarch and the he in mon- yeah. and, and Dr. Girlfriend and they are fucking awesome. Yeah. They they are they are just as much like they he has they, a they girlfriend. Steal- I thought that was cool. Yeah, he has a girlfriend and she has a gravelly voice. Yeah. <laughs> she's all gravel voiced and but everything. But she's
1: hot, dude.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's a she's a total catch. Like she fucks him? Oh yeah. She they totally fuck? does. They they fuck. They, they, they fuck. They do the sex. They do the the kinky sex. <laughs> they do that kind of sex. Like like they're total kinks. God man. damn it! Exactly.
1: I Mark- need some sex for Christmas.
0: <laughs> oh God. But yeah. Next up is what I think is one of the most important Christmas episodes that Adult Swim ever made, and that's the Moral Oral Best Christmas Ever. Now, this was actually the very first episode of Moral Oral
1: that was ever, like, broadcast. Okay, yeah, I really liked this one. This series is one, like, I feel like I need to check out, but I kind of need to, like, start from the beginning.
0: You No, you absolutely need to start from the beginning and go all the way to the end, because the third season... Is one of the greatest mind fucks that you'll ever fucking witness. Like, yeah, I always I had a running joke that Moral Oral is literally the only show to out Evangelion, eight Evangelion, <laughs> and just I mean, mind fuckery. The
1: critique on religious fundamentalism was so brilliant. It's just like, just, just how it's just like subtly like written into the dialogue. Well, it's
0: it's a. Uh, it's a parody of a show called Davy and Goliath from back in the day, which was very similar. And he had a, like a dog companion that was named Goliath and it was a Christian show. So I see. And then it just ends on such a bleak fucking note with nothing resolved. No, nothing gets resolved. There's no answer. Like, like what happens is first we're, we're led to believe that it's just a nice Christmas Eve. You know, they're going to, you know, the Puppingtons are going to church. Uh, they're, which is a central focus of the uh, if if you notice in the uh, series, it's like the center of town is the church. Mm-hmm. Uh. But they go to church, and it seems like it's going to be like a pretty happy, fun Christmas. It's like they go, they uh, they go watch a pretty standard, uh, pretty standard Christmas sermon from uh, Reverend Putty, who, by the way, is a great turns out to be a great character who even gets a little bit of a redemption arc later in the series. Does he? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, he he kind of – his character arcs.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, yeah, that was – it was funny, like, just the way that he <laughs> – delivering this shit like and then the whole bit like about like the second coming or whatever yeah i like does that even like do they even talk about that in churches uh no
0: from what i've seen of church nowadays they're just all in for maga and trump so
1: oh well yeah that that yeah that tracks mind. right that tracks but yeah, I mean,
0: you think that it's going to be kind of a nice, sweet Christmas episode, and like, all the way up to when the boys go to bed, and then when you go into the parents' room, uh, Blaberta and Clay Puppington, it just turns into a completely different monster. Yeah. Like, it just turns into this searing relationship drama where these two emotionally damaged people are, like, they're, they're sifting through the remains of their marriage. And then it ends with Boberta wanting a divorce because because yeah. apparently their uh, their kid Shapey, is a, is a product of an affair, and that's something that comes up in the series properly quite a few times.
1: Jesus, yeah, that see that was interesting to me, and it and it fucking ends on that note too. It's like she had an affair, the kids don't get any fucking presents for Christmas. No dad presents. is gone. And then, you know, she fucking leaves uh, Oral just alone. Alone. (laughs)
0: Just tells him off, like, straight up. Just like, oh, you want to go be with your precious father? I suggest you go find him. It's like... Yeah, shit that you should not tell a fucking kid during a situation like that. On Christmas. On Christmas.
1: that That's fucked. Man, yeah, yeah. No, that was fucked, dude. Yeah. Like, the, you know, like I said, the kids have no gifts or anything, you know, and they and don't then, get to be with their family either. And then
0: Oral, when he finds his dad, his dad's drowning his sorrows at the pub with uh, Coach, Coach Danielle, who becomes integral to the plot of the show. I can that, imagine. That whole, that whole <laughs> little relationship, that little ass, Pat? Right there. He didn't stop him. There's some ram there's ramifications there.
1: Jesus. Yes. Yeah, so like, yeah, so I'm like, you know, nothing's resolved. The 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 parents are uh, apparently uh gonna be divorced. The the you know, oral still has yet to receive him. Mean, I think he even ends with a note of like, you know, hey, there's two minutes left of a great you know, for for uh, me to have the greatest Christmas ever. It and says do
0: your thing, God pretty much, and it looks up to the sky. The camera pans away, nothing happens, no answer comes, just nothing.
1: That's not resolved, and the, you know, is his dad gay? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I thought that that was actually really interesting for me, especially, like, watching this as, like, a first episode of this series. See,
0: that's the thing. Anybody who got into Moral Oral, like I said before, this was the first episode that was actually broadcast. It was due to a little error.
1: Really?
0: Like and I think it was because, you know, it was because of a scheduling error and Christmas was coming up, so they just released that. People were livid by that. They they said like this ruined my Christmas. There's people yeah? that there's people that went far that far. And that imagine. just showed me how emotionally effective that series that series was going to be so so for many of us, that was our first time seeing that series Jesus that was our first time the first time I ever saw Moral Oral was the Christmas episode, yeah, and I remember when they canceled the series they what they did is they showed the uh, final season uh pretty much uh, several days in a row during uh, December. Mm. It was part of their uh, holiday programming. And it ended with uh, the final episode of the season, which uh, kind of uh, bookended the show on Christmas. Okay. You know, I won't say what happens, but yeah, it does get bookended on Christmas. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like this is, I included this because this is an important uh, piece of Adult Swim uh, art. Like, I, I actually believe that this is one of the few shows that actually became true works of art. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, that's cool.
0: But next up, we got two, we got two, uh series left that we're going to get into and then we're going to wind down. Next up is Tom Goes to the Mayor. It, it, that's a show that when it comes to Tim and Eric, you're either going to love their humor or you're just going to despise it. it. There's no real in between with their humor. And Tom Goes to the Mayor is emblematic of that.
1: Yeah, so I haven't watched this before either, but I have seen Tim and Eric. This does feel very on-brand, but uh, I like the format. I like the 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 way that, you know... The-
0: it's it's like some type of weird rotoscoping, but it's not in video or something yeah. like that. They, yeah, they all have this weird blue and white aesthetic. But, I mean, it's actually a pretty deep show in its own right, because if you notice, you know, like... Uh, jefferton the city that they're in and it's just a wasteland of strip malls and restaurants and just, th- there's only one place where there's any greenage and it's this one park and it's just in this square grass park in the middle of the of the goddamn town and i mean as you can imagine christmas in a place like this is just oh it's
1: Depressing. Well, hell, think. even the city council operates in a restaurant, <laughs> in, in a buffet restaurant. In a buffet, I buffet,
0: yeah. like like practically a golden corral. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me wonder if uh, there that actually happened, and uh, Tim and Eric actually uh, was aware of that and put that into the uh, show. <laughs> like, I, it, it makes me think like that has to have happened somewhere down the line. Yeah, where some town city council just shows up, they they just. They meet in a fucking restaurant, and uh, and he just gets screwed every which way by the universe. It's like a cosmic
1: prank.
0: It is. It, it's a. It's a no. What it is is Poor it's Tom. a. It, it's a cosmic sink. That's what it is. It's just a sink of anything that you know could be good or could progress Tom's life or anything. It, it's it's a theme of the show. It's just complete. You know existential mediocrity Mm -hmm. that's what it is it's it's almost like a it's kind of like a fate worse than death kind of thing it's just like you're doomed to this purgatory of mediocrity
1: yeah yeah kind of reminds me of this key and peel sketch where uh you know, one of them says a joke, and then the other one says it, but the louder and the class hears and laughs, and then it just becomes this, like, internet, like, worldwide sensation. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, like, something stupid, like, I wish I was high on pot noose <laughs> in math class. So This is very similar. It's, like, rats off to you.
0: Yeah, rats off to you. Yeah, he's trying to sell these, uh, these T-shirts because he needs money to get his kids some, uh, some Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. So but he doesn't want to sell, sell his boat. boat. Yeah. You know, that's something that's essential to Tom Goes to the Mare. He has like a simple he has like a simple thing that he wants to do and it just gets fucked by the universe. Uh. And here it's, you know, make some money to get Christmas presents for his family. And you know, he has a good idea. He he has an excellent uh, an excellent catchphrase there honestly with a little thing and it, and it's stolen from him.
1: Well, you know, it's funny because everybody, like everybody that talks about it, treats it like it's this like brilliant joke, and it's just like a simple pun. But it's cute. I mean, I can see a T-shirt like that selling. But I mean, it, you you really
0: get that when uh, the mayor just completely loses his uh, his shit, just repeatedly. You know, mm-hmm. he it, with that weird laugh. You know that that Eric Wareheim is known to do. Like, yeah. that shit right but I mean it just gets worse and worse for him but in the end he still ends up buying all the presents which you know insult to injury is all rats off to your merchandise that was stolen from him by this jester's uh, asshole Mm -hmm. and he in the end it's I would like to say it's the closest thing this series gets to kind of a happy ending Right, you know, because, yeah, he's walking out of the mall. He's uh, he's had to put all of this rats off to you shit. His idea on his credit card, and he fucking walks out and all defeated. And then he sees a nativity scene. It's is like, oh, this is the real reason for the season. And then it turns into a rats off to you <laughs> fucking extravaganza. And then he laughs, and then. It turns out that Eric Wareheim, that the mayor, is uh, the rat, and they just laugh.
1: Yeah, it just—it actually ends on like a cheery note. I think it's actually funny. It's even just like
0: even with the teardrop that uh, that uh, Tom gives right. at the end, it's still—it's the closest thing to a happy ending that this uh, series ever got.
1: Oh man, that's depressing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's
0: some really existentially nightmarish shit in that series.
1: Jesus. All right. That piques my interest too.
0: Finally, we're going to go looking for someone under the sea, because that's where we'll find them.
1: That is where they'll find me.
0: Underneath the sea lab. And I'm talking about Feast of Alvis. This is another classic, classic, classic episode
1: in the series, in Adult Swim history, and for Christmas. Like, Yeah, so I've seen plenty of Sea Lab 2021, but... This one, I I guess I've missed it. It has eluded me. I I've not watched this one before. That's, that's I don't amazing. Remember I, I
0: I could have sworn that we watched it. Maybe together. I was just
1: watching my phone the whole time or yeah. something. I don't know. But yeah, no, this was great. Actually, was kind of another critique on uh, religious culture. I guess or civilization as a result of religious culture. Exactly.
0: I mean, and it's uh, it's pretty much uh, also like, hey, maybe a little bit of a cancel culture thing
1: yeah kind and of I think it's interesting how they just replace all of the religions with different things the, yeah and they the did. point remains like <laughs> yeah yeah,
0: the point still remains, I mean, what happens is uh, captain murphy he 's an Alvian, which is the christian uh equivalent of that universe, mm-hmm. and he tries to do an alvis time uh celebration, he, like he tells this story, which is like you know very much just it's just the uh nativity story just uh, told with a very uh very colonial american western twist right you know? like with covered wagons and and his religion is like and it booze, opens up with that booze and revenge and everything yeah it opens up with him telling that and then he has to he's trying to put together this huge pompous uh, extravaganza for his holiday and the crew doesn't really take well to it needless to say and they have good points too they're They're just like, look, you can't, you actually can't do this. I mean, you're pushing your religion on people, you know. Right. It's like your religion is a minority on this uh, on in this C lab.
1: Yeah, it's actually it's a really funny situation to put the C lab crew in. You know, just kind of already being acquainted with these personalities and uh, and just seeing like the whole thing just collapse in on itself yet again for you know just. Yeah, f-
0: especially for Murphy, it just Murphy. goes to shit for him. Like he ends up like being summoned to family court, paying a fine <laughs> to a health inspector. Like the fucking crew is pissed at him. Like it's a f- they start a fire, mm-hmm. and then he gets knocked out, and he sees a vision of Alvis who changes a bunch of eggnog to liquor. I guess
1: that's right. Water to <laughs> wine. Eggnog to liquor.
0: Eggnog to liquor. Exactly.
1: Elvis is is base. I think Elvis is 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 uh, the superior Jesus. Yeah,
0: he probably is. He's a base Jesus. Yeah, he's all about just guns and liquor and revenge.
1: He's an American Jesus. That's
0: American. It's like it, it's almost like Mormonism In a little bit. I mean, come <laughs> on now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's. That is a really, really fun episode, though. And Fuck yeah. this, although it's sad that it's still so topical all these years later, mm-hmm. I mean, we 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 still pretty much have a war on war on Christmas and everything. You I know, mean,
1: shit. Only last year we were talking about fucking uh, last ounce of courage. Last ounce of and courage. This, and this, this year, year we're saving Christmas. Saving
0: Christmas. <laughs> which is, I don't even know if that is a war on Christmas movie. I don't know what that is. Yeah. But yeah, this is a really, really entertaining critique on you know how you know people of other religions you know coexist with each other and right yeah it's it's a fun fun episode
1: yeah and on that note whatever you celebrate happy Hanukkah happy Kwanzaa happy Festivus Merry Christmas absolutely absolutely all the holidays all the holidays. Well, Ash,
0: uh, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up. Uh, what's going on with
1: Collateral Gaming? Well, uh, right before recording this, we also recorded our holiday bonus round episode on our top five favorite angry video game nerd episodes. That was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, tomorrow, as of the day time of recording this, we should be doing God of War Ragnarok Part 2, which is going to be our holiday special. And then... Uh, uh next month we are doing It Takes 2 as well as our anniversary special on uh, an arcade game mega review on uh fighters. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and po- probably Fire Emblem Engage next month as well, so Excellent. Excellent. And also uh before that, uh by the end of this month we should have a uh, Zelda Link Between Worlds part 2 out. If you haven't checked out part 1 already with Mr. Dan Rockwood from Victims and Villains, go ahead and do so. Uh, as, as December is our Zelda month, in addition to being uh, you know, our holiday special.
0: Exactly. Excellent. Excellent. And on Collateral Cinemas end, Uh, we've right now we have our Neil Breen episode. I am here now that is out. Go, go listen to that. We're doing bad movie December and the next episode, uh, for that will be the love guru, which, you know, of course, Mariska Hargitay. Hargitay. We got, we got to say Mariska Hargitay to everybody. And, um, yeah, we'll probably be doing a Patreon, uh, a, a Patreon commentary on Black Christmas. We're going to be, uh, Doing lots of stuff with the Patreon. We're going to be doing some live streaming here pretty soon. So, yeah, become a patron at uh, one dollar, five dollar tiers, and yeah, you'll get access to all those commentaries and whatnot. So, and also, I mean, I, I think that's pretty much uh, all we got coming as far as the rest of the year. And then we got uh, Silent Hill and Clueless in uh, in January. So, right, yeah, stick around for all of that.
1: That's going to be a A collaboration with Collateral Gaming, and we'll probably have a bonus round focused on uh, Silent Hill as well that month. That's what's planned. Yep, exactly. So I'm excited for the new year. It's going to be cool, finishing out Season 6 of Collateral Cinema. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. and it's been a fun season so far. I mean, we've hit uh, Halloween and holidays now, so.
0: Yeah, so now it's pretty much going to be easy sailing for the rest of the first half of the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, February is going to be pretty busy for us because It will be. We've got a lot of just a lot of stuff going on that month. Uh that's when we're doing our our uh, anniversary yeah. specials as well. Uh and, you know, and then uh you know, we've got 420 coming up. Yeah, in April, all that good so stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited and I'm glad that we're uh talking about the uh uh adult swim ho- holiday specials tonight. That's been a lot of fun. I'm excited to do more of those.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can find us on all the uh, podcast apps we, You know, Apple Podcasts and all that good stuff uh, Give us a five-star review on GoodPods and Apple Podcasts So that we can rise up the ranks a little bit And uh, also, yeah, check us up, uh, out on YouTube I mean, we're, we're actually getting some views there So check us out there And we're on all the social media uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter Check us out there
1: Hell Yeah you can also uh, check out our Facebook group, Collateral Media Podcasts, where you can interact with the community. shit post yourself, if you so desire.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, join us there, and also join us on our Discord.
1: Yeah. yeah, that as well.
0: But anyway, I guess that with that note, we'll go ahead and end it here. For the Director's Cut, have a happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, or whatever you celebrate. And I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And we are done here. See you later, everybody.